Yo, the defending gold medalist of the podcast Olympics, the Whiskey Sick Podcast. This is episode number 139, all up in your motherfucking ass. Hit him with that theme music. Sick podcast. I'm finally back. A lot has changed. Uh, the seasons, the weather has changed. Number one, ass nap season, ass napkin season is in full effect. Uh, global warming in full effect. Man, bear, pig, all that shit. Fucking sweaty cheeks, nuts to thighs. It's that time of year, homies. Get your motherfucking. Uh, uh, bounty, quilty northern up in those little fucking, in between them cheeks, stay fresh all motherfucking day, get that little bit of, uh, uh, you get that old spice deodorant stick, prop one leg up on the sink, get that lubricate that gooch, stay fresh all day, get a little, get a little swig right between the cheeks, right between the thighs, get the lower of the balls right there, you stay fresh all day, you're welcome homies, you're welcome, I'm telling you, I'll give you the shit. Your pappy never told you. He he never give you these 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 little life secrets. Staying fresh, ready to clap cheeks at any time. You don't want to be caught up in a situation in the middle of the summer. You're at the fucking pool. You're at the beach, and and you get a a, a spontaneous uh, 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 cheek clapping session lined up, and and you're all musty bald. No 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 no. You don't want to go out like that, homie. You don't want to go out like that. Get that little Old Spice. You gotta get the Old Spice. I would suggest highly the non-aluminum. You don't want that cancer in the gooch. You don't want to be applying thick le- uh, 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 layers of cancer to your motherfucking gooch. So get the aluminum-free, like the Fuji scent. Get that leg up on the uh, on the counter. Lubricate that chode, uh, uh, the gooch, whatever the fuck you call it in your neck of the woods. Uh, stay fresh all day. Get the little square of the bounty quilted northern. Get the quilted. Fold it once. You fold it more than once, homies. It, it's gonna it's gonna hurt your little asshole. Unless you on that different shit. You don't you don't want to irritate the starfish, homie. You don't want to irritate the starfish. So just one fold. Get it up in there. Every couple hours. Make sure if you run into a a, a spontaneous cheek clapping session. 
you don't forget to remove the ass napkin, son. I go through this every year. This is a PSA. WSP PSA. Don't forget to remove the ass napkin before you clap cheeks. It's happened to you, man. You get caught with a little, little, little fucking, uh, little Peter Cottontail in between your cheeks. You don't want to get caught with the little Peter Cottontail peeking out. Too many questions get asked. Questions you don't have the answer to. Don't put yourself in that motherfucking situation. So until, uh, but other than that, enjoy it. Ass napkin season, uh, uh, global warming season, full fucking effect. Uh, fuck else is going on? Um, the the quadru- uh, the triple champ, the female triple champ is here. The female triple champ, the future female triple ch- triple champ is here. Two weeks ago, what is today? So two weeks from yesterday, I almost got on. I almost got on like I did with, with, with the with the quadruple champ when he was born. I came home the night before. Uh, couldn't make it happen this time. Um, it's been hectic. Actually, this baby's been the, the easiest one of the two. She doesn't cry. She doesn't say a fucking word. My, my fucking the, the quadruple champ's over here crying his little ass off all goddamn day, throwing tantrums and shit. The fucking two-week-old don't do shit but sleep and suck titties. That's it. Like, very little crying. I can tell she's tough. She's tough. This, this Coming for that Valentina Jr. We're coming for that Amanda Nunes Jr. We're coming for that shit. She's killer. I see it in her motherfucking eyes already, homies. It's a Rizzy. It's a rap. We on that motherfucking ass. This is it. We're done. Shout out to all the pappies out there. This shit ain't easy. Uh, the homie Gabe. Uh, Gabby. Uh, Gabita. Gabriel, he's got one coming in November. Fucking kicking the ass when you have your first one. It's a kick in the ass. Listen, I'll tell you this right now. The second one ain't shit compared to the first one. We don't worry about shit. Even when she does cry on rare occasions, we ain't tripping. I mean, with the first one, I mean, goddamn, he wouldn't shut the fuck up. We were tripping all the time. You're all stressed out. We No stress now. There's no stress. We chilling. Once she's old enough to entertain her brother, we're gonna, we're gonna be really chilling. We're gonna re, we're gonna get him up on the on the cast. Second generation of the WSP. This is the empire. I'll be passing on homies. I'm passing on the whiskey sick podcast empire. You're gonna have Gecko Junior. and Gecko Juniorette on the fucking mic, hollering at your motherfucking kids one day. They're gonna be you're gonna be asking them what they listening to. It ain't gonna be Joe Rogan Junior. It's going to be motherfucking uh, uh, Gecko Jr. and Juniorette. But she's here, homies. Eight pounds. Came a week early. Quad, uh, triple champ came a week late. He was like barely seven pounds. So young lady is, is, is out the gate uh, uh, ahead of schedule. So we, we, we chilling. All is chilling here. Hope all is chilling there. Uh, what else? I mean, a lot of shit has happened. I was just checking this shit out. I'm gonna play this shit right away before I forget. Uh, I missed this shit, but you know, I've been talking about the the, the verses every time they had the verses. I think the last one was uh, DMX, the late great DMX versus Snoop Dogg, which was more just like a a, a little uh, live concert that they were doing. Um, what else did they have? Uh, shit, I can't even remember. They had Swiss Beats versus. Timbaland was it Timbaland versus Sweet Swiss Beats and then I can't even remember Scott Storch versus somebody was the first one I think 
maybe it's Scott Storch versus Tim. I can't remember, but yesterday, uh, in in an arena, they sold out a motherfucking arena in New York. They had the Locks versus Dipset. Now I was never a Dipset fan. I never liked Cameron's style. I thought that shit was corny. I thought all dressing in pink and that that flamboyant uh, feminine shit wasn't for me. The pink Tims and shit, it ain't for me. I didn't like the bars. I didn't like I didn't like the flow. I didn't like nothing. Jim Jones grew on me over the years. Um, I didn't like Joel Santana. I didn't like that shit. That was my the New York shit I didn't really like. That was like popular back in the day. I pretty much liked everything else. But I did, I'd never really fuck with Dipset. So to me, a locks, the locks was... We fuck with the locks heavy. Especially, they basically only had two albums. I think in like 98 and 2000, they came out with what? We Are the Streets was in like 2000, which was the second one. And then Money, Power, Respect. I think that was the name of the first album. Money, Power, Respect. Was it the first That, that was the name of it? It was something like that. But anyways, they had a... a, a it basically turned into Jada Kiss versus Dipset. Jada Kiss just stole the motherfucking show and was shitting on Dipset. Apparently so... If you ever go to a concert, especially like a rap concert, let me explain this to you. I had to learn this. I, I did a bunch of research on this before I ever did like my first show. And I used the word show very loosely. There was like, it was supposed to be at this nice club in, in um, Huntington Beach. Real popular club. So I was all hyped up. At the last minute, the club canceled. So they changed it to someplace in Lake Elsinore, California, if you ever heard of that. It ended up being a, a fucking biker bar. It was like Sons of Anarchy, old-ass biker dudes, and there was like these dudes. You know, there was like a whole bunch of like uh, uh, trap music-type rappers on the billing, and then there was me and shit. And there was like, you know, six, seven, eight bikers in that bitch. It was a rough goddamn show. But before I did that... I didn't know anything about doing a live show. I didn't know how you were supposed to like you rap just over the inter- instrumentals and shit, cause that shit's hard. I mean, you lose your place if you if you forget a word. Like you automatically think you you know your shit. It, it's it's hard to remember your lyrics even when you wrote them. So if you lose your place, you're fucked. And so I, I didn't know what to do. So I basically looked into it and 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 what I figured out. And I listened to a lot of live shows like uh. uh a lot of Yellow Wolf. I, I paid attention to his shit. And basically, uh, you know, you put, you leave just a part of the lyrics, like the ad lib part, a little place here and there, just in case if you if you lose your spot, you can get you can get right back on track. And also, you leave places like 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 where your hype man would would echo your words, echo your bars. You would do that, leave that on the track, so you can catch a breath sometimes. So you wouldn't have to say that last part of the bar so you could pre- prepare for the next set of bars. That makes sense. But you're basically rapping to the instrumentals with a couple little uh, couple little abs, uh, uh, ad-libs placed on the beat, uh, you know, for various reasons, you know, to catch your breath or to, you know, catch your spot back if you lose it. Um, but a lot of rappers, most of them, even when I was doing, like, almost every show I've gone where there's been other rappers on it, they all rap to their fucking song, like the regular song. Like if you were just playing iTunes or Spotify, they're just literally, literally rapping over their song. They're not rapping. They're just basically lip syncing because if they forget where they are, forget their bars or whatever, um, they can just, you know, dance around and, and, and not have to worry about it. That's not real shit. That's not a real performance. That's just literally Milli Vanillying this shit. Well, apparently that's what Dipset was doing. And so Jada called them out. He's like, these motherfuckers over here fucking lip-syncing. And I don't remember which dipset dude. I think it was Joel Santana. One of them starts yip-yapping and talking about how he, they, they can't remember their lyrics. They're like, what the fuck? 
You performing in front of a goddamn uh, uh, stadium. You didn't even bother to fucking brush up on your goddamn lyrics. Even in rap concerts, you do you do rehearsals. You get your little moves. You get your swag right. You make sure you got the bars down. You rehearse. When I was rehearsing, I'd be in my living room and shit and rehearsing and shit. But anyways, Jada stole the show. This this was the epitome of it right here, homies. This this was the motherfucking epitome, epitome of it right here. Let me pull this shit up. I remember these bars. This was the... Uh, this was the uh, Who Shot Ya remix. I, I can't remember if it was just Jada on it, if the locks was on it, but this J, uh, Jada, notice how he's just literally rapping to the full instrumental. There's, there's, no, there's no parachutes, there's no safety nets on this bitch. That's what I was trying to say. That You put like ad-libs on there as safety nets to catch you if you fall, forget your motherfucking lyrics, or to catch a breath. This motherfucker, no safety. It, it, it's not a long verse, but here you go, catch this shit. With a jail you can never live. Yeah, you barely living out here. It's like I'm giving you barely giving out air. The yeah. reason you breathing is like I'm giving out air. I got stocks in the block, giving out shares. I don't know you, you ain't familiar. I don't care who shot you, cause they ain't kill you. Woo! The worst play of a son of a bitch. These niggas is decent, but ain't none of them. MTV, y'all know I'll punish the list. Niggas jury and faking, ain't none of them rich. Woo! But they keep watching them. No stopping them. V-neck, crush linen, sway, Louis, moccasin. Won't dry up cause it don't buy up. Cashmere sweats with the Gucci tie-ups. Overlooking the city, my nigga, I'm high up. I can get your brain blowed out for five bucks. Always in the hood. That's cause I rep that. My partner work good. Niggas already checked that. Probably just comfortable cause that's where I slept at. Desert is blue still. The 40s jet left. <laughs> and he dropped the motherfucking mic. That shit was hard, homies. That shit. Hey, if you don't know about Jada Kiss, I feel sorry for you, homie. Jada is the motherfucking. Jada was hard as fuck. One of the one of the underrated MCs of, of like my generation MCs, like late '90s, early 2000s. Great MCs of all time. Fuck all that. Uh, Jada had bars, homie. Bars. Uh, he, he was in a lot, he, you know, like spurts, he would come in spurts, you know, he, he'd give some, you know, okay, you know, verses here and there and other people's tracks, and then he, he'd fucking, every once in a while he'd come with some shit like that, but that was classic Jada, that was classic Jada Kiss, he, he was the locks, since then, I think actually Styles P over the years, I think he closed that gap with Jada Kiss, Sheik Luch was always alright, he was kind of like the, uh, the send dog, you know, of the group of like, um, you know, like the dude that, you know, was kind of like, oh, okay, whatever, you know? Um, like the Send Dog. Like, when you listen to Cypress Hill, it was like, you know, Send Dog's cool, but, you know, Be Real was that motherfucker. Um, or, or or West Side Connection when, when uh, Mac 10 would get on. I'd fast forward every Mac 10 verse ever done. That motherfucker couldn't rap to me. So, you know, but I wouldn't say Sheik Luch was Mac 10. Because Mac-10, to me, I, I, I don't think that dude was very good. I mean, he was like, he would literally just talk on a beat and the, and, and the fucking, like, the, the, the DJ letting the record skip, it would just, the track would come to a screeching halt whenever Mac-10 would get on that bitch. So I'd have to sit there, and I remember, I would fast forward almost every single Mac-10 uh, verse on, on every single West Side Connection. I remember they came back with a, a West Side Connection album, like, reunion album, uh, in, in, like, the early 2000s. But anyways, go check that shit out. That shit was hard last night. I love those versus battles. It's always it's always like my generation of hip hop. I got into hip hop around like it was like mid late nineties. That was like my era. Nineteen ninety eight to me, 
you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a 1998 all hip-hop podcast. We're just going to play shit uh, all up on the podcast. Just uh, just all the dope 80 tracks and shit. Just like little snippets so I don't get like kicked off and shit. But I'm going to have like a whole playlist. We'll do 90. I'll, I'll do like a Spotify 90s, 98 strictly only albums that came out in 98. I'm talking like Outkast had. I mean everybody who was anybody had like their dopest shit in their whole discography come out in 98. Uh, Outkast, I think that was, was that Equemini? I think that was Equemini. Well, to me, AT Aliens was bad, was was their best, but H, uh, you know, Equemini is fucking dope shit. DMX, Onyx, would shut them down. Uh, Wu-Tang had, had uh, I think, Forever in 98. Uh, everybody, everybody had some shit in 98. I think M, I think Slim Shady uh, LP f- officially came out in 98. So, that was the dopest year to me ever in hip-hop, was 98. And that, like, 97 to 2001, 2002, let's say 97 to 2002 was, like, for me, the greatest time in hip-hop. That shit was, like, the hardest shit, like, ever. Maybe extend that to 2003. There was some dope-ass, like, shady records, uh, you know, that era 50 Cent shit that was, you know, popping around that G-Unit shit that was cool back then. Uh... But fuck it. Um, so there's that. Go check that out. Dipset versus the locks. It was basically Jada Kiss eating the locks ass. Eating ass then kicking it. Kicking ass then eating it. Jada was doing it all night. Fucking hometown buffet. Uh, soup, plant- soup plantation style all motherfucking night. He stole the show. Uh, what the fuck else is going on? Let me save this shit. Um, Olympics going off without a hitch. This shit, I don't even recognize this shit no more. I mean, you got dudes competing as uh, as chicks, chicks competing as dudes. Well, I don't know if you have that, but you, you have a lot of weird shit going on in these Olympics. They're like the woke Olympics now, man. Like, you know, losing is now the new winning. All of a sudden, quitting is now the new, like, fucking heroic fucking theme and shit. I, it's, it's, it's weird what, what, what the world has turned into, man. Like, you can't criticize nobody. It, you have to always take this, like, PC, like, virtue signaling, uh, you know, route when you have any kind of opinion uh, on anything in life, especially when it comes to Olympics and these athletes. Like, all of a sudden, these athletes, like, they, they've always been athletes. Like, they've been heavily criticized, like, throughout my whole entire lifetime and my, my parents' whole entire lifetime. That's what it is when you're on this kind of stage. But now you can't. You, you can't criticize nobody. You can't have an opinion on anybody's performances or anything like that. It, it, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. The new era of, of athlete and, and human being in general is just super soft now. That's what we're moving towards. It's super soft. Um, we let the people at the top take advantage of us uh, willy-nilly, uh, and, and we don't say shit about it. And then when people actually do speak up and say shit about it, the, uh, all the other little sheep and shit like, attack them. And say, how dare you attack them and shit like that. It's fucking weird. But, you know, uh, the Olympics are now, like, the most, like, virtue signaling fucking event ever. I still watching it. I've been watching, like, three days of, of wrestling. Yo, these these US, these USA uh, wrestler chicks, they'll fuck your ass up, homie. They'll fuck your ass up. They'll fuck up 98% of these dudes. Especially, what's her name? Tamara something stock. Fuck, I forgot her name. Something, Tamara stock. I know she has a hyphen last name. Check this lady out. This lady is a fucking killer. Get her. I know Dana White is like fucking uh, uh, homie from Bellator. 
uh, Scott Coker, they're like fucking rubbing their fingers together like like fucking uh, Monty Burns and shit. Watching this lady wrestle, I mean, she's she looks like a, a killer. You teach her how to strike, how to throw some hands. She's she's a fucking killer. Um, she was dominating. I mean, she was winning every round by by technical. Uh, what do they call it? Technical mismatch or something? Technical submit? I don't know. It's when they actually quit. It's like a ten run rule in in, in little league. It's like literally when you get up ten nothing. I think in the men's it's like eight nothing. Technical advantage. Technical fuck. Technical decision. I don't know. It's a technical quit. Is basically what it is. It, it, it's uh, it's a verbal tap. It's mate. Say it. Say it. Mate. That's basically what it is. Some blood sports shit. Uh. Men's basketball was looking soft, super soft. Lost three of their four, uh, first four games, embarrassing us. And now all of a sudden, looks like they might have got their shit together. So we'll see about that. Um, basketball, speak. Well, fuck it. We might as well speak on basketball. <clears throat> shit's popping off, man. Shit's popping off. I'm hoping. I'm hoping uh, uh, Batista doesn't listen to this shit. Um, Lakers making moves, homies. Lakers making moves. Pelicans making. Uh, no moves. There was a report that came out today that says they offered uh, Chris Paul a $100 million contract that he actually thought about and he actually considered coming back to New Orleans to play with Zion. How much of that is true, I don't know, but I do know that they offered him a contract. So at least there was that. Remember, I was talking about that last year, man. I was talking about that last year. That was the move to make when 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 it was said that the, the Thunder weren't going to keep Chris Paul or he wasn't going to stay there. I was like, why not go to New Orleans? And he ended up with the Suns, and now he signed a four-year contract extension with the Suns. Uh, would have been fucking crazy to get him. Instead, the Pelicans, they let go of Lonzo. First of all, they didn't use Lonzo. They rebuilt his shot. I'll give them that. They made him who he is now. But they never used Lonzo the way he should have been used. They, they, he's a fucking point guard. Let him run the goddamn point. Instead, they started letting Zion bring the ball up when he was on the court. And then that would just make Zoe, uh, uh, you know, go stand out on the wing or go stand in the corner and turn into a spot-up shooter. But when you let him actually run the floor and run the offense, this dude was, you know, fucking shit up. Late in the season, this dude had, like, multiple 30-point games. He was he was showing, I thought he was the guy to keep. I thought he was the guy to keep unless they weren't going to use him to let him run the offense. Then I guess it doesn't make sense. But they traded him for a bag of fucking Funyuns. Uh, open, stale, fucking out-of-date clearance Funyuns in the back of the motherfucking store on that rack next to the restrooms. That's what they fucking traded this dude for. After all that, rebuilding his shot, doing all this shit, they traded him for for absolutely nothing. Really didn't make many moves, any moves, really. So I guess they're going to roll with Nikhil Alexander-Walker and, and uh, Kira Lewis, who they who they drafted in the last two rounds. Kira, uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker's a stud. He can play def- uh, offense, at least. He can score. He can get his own shot. He's going to have to, I mean, you lose. Oh, I mean, the, the the Achilles heel of the Pelicans was that they had absolutely no fucking defense. They lost like 15, 15 double-digit leads. They lost, I don't know how many fourth-quarter leads. I mean, they just could not win late. They just did not know how to win late. They needed a, a solid veteran presence. They were talking about bringing in Kyle Lowry. That didn't happen. Kyle Lowry went to the Heat, the Bulls. So so Lonzo went to the Bulls. The Bulls also just signed. Who did they sign? Uh, Demar Derozan. So they got Zoe and Demar Derozan over there in, in Bulls. Bulls making moves. The Lakers. If you don't know about the Lakers, they got they signed Melo yesterday. 
They signed. They traded Westbrook, which I don't care. I, listen, no team wins. No team wins with, with, West, with Westbrook. That was the move not to make, I think. They had KD and Harden couldn't win with them. Chris Paul couldn't win with them. Was he with Chris Paul? No, he wasn't with Chris Paul. It was just James Harden. He was just with Bradley Beal, though. Couldn't win with him. Got to the playoffs. You just can't win with this dude. Well, he's going home to L.A. Who else did they get? Uh, they brought back uh, Dwight Howard. Uh, so basically they traded uh, the homie they got late in the season. Let me fucking find these seasons. This dude sending me motherfucking Lakers shit all the time. Um... Yeah, Dwight Howard. So this is their starting five. You got you got uh, Westbrook, Braun, Melo, AD, Dwight Howard. Tom, that's a big ass. That's that's a lot of size for sure. At, at five, uh, five right there. Um, so you know, on paper, are they are they the uh, the the you know paper champs right now? The the favorites possibly. Are are we moving into a, a, a early Seth Gecko? NBA prediction. Remember what happened last year when I predicted the Suns right after the bubble tournament would be in the NBA Finals? Remember that? When I said that over a year ago before they got Chris Paul? Remember that? I also said that the, the, the Conference Finals would be the Pelicans versus the Suns. But that's a mere bag of shells, homies. That's neither here nor there. Do the Lakers miss the playoffs with all this shit? Does AD go down? You know AD's going down. Does Bron go down? You know Bron's going down. Is it going to be enough to miss the playoffs? No. First round exit. You heard it here first. First round Bakers, LA Bakers exit. Pelicans pulling up to 6C. We got a new coach, Willie Green. Uh, assistant head coach uh, from the Suns. We just snatched him up. I love it. Nice young talent. Gonna mentor Zion. Hopefully, we can re-sign Zion next year. If not, we're crushed, and I'm gonna have to look for another team. But this is it. I got the sixth seed. I got the Pelicans in the sixth seed. I got the Bakers exiting first round. Bow out. I don't know if they're gonna do all these play-in tournaments and shit next year. They won't make it out of that if they end up in it. Trust me on that shit. Uh, tomorrow. What else do we got? What are the big news? Uh, trying to see uh where uh where Dame Dollar's going to end up. He could end up in, in New York. That would be pretty sick. End up with the Knicks. But it sounds like he wants to stay with the Blazers. This dude's a loyal dude to his small-time market. I, I, I like that shit, especially now that he's seen what Giannis did, oh, you know, winning a chip in, in Milwaukee. But So we'll see. There's hope. You know, I like when, when dudes decide to stay in that small market instead of going to the big market or trying to create super teams and shit like that. Um, but if he did go somewhere, it would be cool to see him with the Knicks. It, it was just... It, it, it's nice to see playoff basketball in in the mecca in, in the garden so it, it's dope to see that and you know they got their ass cracked by the fucking hawks this year but they made they made a lot of you made a lot of noise man so nfl starts thursday starts tomorrow we got the steelers and cowboys in the hall of fame game and then a couple weeks from now september uh, 9th d boys week one thursday night football opening night Against the champs, the Buccaneers. We got the D-Boys versus the Bucks. You've been listening to this podcast. You know it gets wild during the NFL season. You know it gets wild in the NFL season. I mean, this shit, the classic episodes are are D-Boys burials, funerals, 
And then the exhumations. Three days later, they rise. It's an up and, up and down, Six Flags, Magic Mountain, roller coaster ass time of year for the Whiskey Sick Podcast. So it's coming up. It's coming up. What do I expect from them this year? Not much. Not much. I haven't expected much from them from, for like literally the last three seasons. So it hasn't been... It hasn't been excruciating. It wasn't excruciating yet last year. When Dak went down, I knew it was over, right? Even though we were kind of, we were actually in it until the last. I mean, I think the who, who, uh, the Redskins won it with seven and nine or some shit like that. So we were technically we only lost by one game. We only had six, we were six and ten. Terrible ass fucking games oh, last year, oh. man. Uh, but we in this bitch. We in this bitch. So NFL season just around the corner. Uh, can't wait for that shit. Um, what else do we got? What else do we got going on here? Um, crypto. Yeah, crypto. I made a little note about crypto. Listen, if, uh, Ivanito, the, uh, the, uh, Mexican Shitoshi is listening to this shit, uh, uh, worst fucking crypto advisor in the world. Shit is in the tanker. Shit is in the tanker. It's the Great Depression. It's the Dust Bowl. It's Grapes of Wrath right now with crypto. Grapes of motherfucking John Steinbeck. Is that who wrote Grapes of Wrath? It's John Stanton. Grapes of Wrath. Let's see who wrote that. John Steinbeck. I told y'all. Grapes of Wrath in this crypto world right now. They're all in the shitter. Losing money. Losing money. Put the last 10 bucks I had into that shit. Now I'm down to like 6 bucks. Motherfuckers told me I'd be rich. Like 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 the little GameStop homies trading their little stocks and shit. We, we, gonna, we gonna fucking be millionaires by the end of the year. We ain't being shit. We ain't shit. Dogecoin this. Doji to the moon this. Doji up your motherfucking ass. Doji these motherfucking nuts in your motherfucking mouth. Doji. Doji to the moon. Doji to the motherfucking moon. Doji can't even make it to the roof. Can't even make it on top of the roof. He can't even get a uh, climb the fucking a flight of stairs. You talking to the moon? How the fuck he's gonna? How the fuck is he gonna reach the goddamn moon when he can't reach a top of the flight of a fucking stairs? Talking about crypto, fucking over here. Can't even buy a, a nice stockpile of, 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 of ass napkins with what I got now. Anyways, we still rolling. We still we we still in it. They say lows, ride the lows out. Don't sell, don't sell for a loss. Never never sell for a loss. We we in it for the long haul. We in it for the long haul. We ain't one of them homies who thought we were gonna turn into millionaires overnight. Alright, I, I ain't that dummy. But just know that I know what the fuck is going on. Uh I got in right at the height, man. It was crazy. When I first got in, my shit went skyrocket. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm going to be buying a, a, a fucking Tesla and a Bentley and shit here in a couple weeks. Wrong. <clears throat> Wrong. Wrong. Can't even buy some fucking uh, Costco supply of fucking paper towel ass napkins. What else we got? UFC this weekend. I can't even remember what picks I left off on with y'all. Let's break this one down. We got UFC 265. So we got um, we got Francis. No, not Francis. We got 
uh, Cyril Gaon versus Derek Lewis. This is a crazy fight. Uh, this is actually a decent card, man. This is a. It was supposed to have Nunez versus uh, Pena as the co-main event. Nunez got COVID. Uh, that was that was going to be like a, a two-minute fight anyway. So we're not really missing anything on that. Uh, somehow, some way, uh, Juliana Pena talked herself into a talked her way into a, a title fight after only one win after getting choked out just one one fight ago uh, against Jermaine Durandamy, a a fucking kickboxer with very little ground game. Uh, she got. She managed to get caught in a gu- nasty little guillotine choke, and then she won one fight uh, in an uh, un- unimpressive fashion, and somehow talked her way into a fight with Amanda Nunes. That's basically because they just don't have anybody to fight Amanda Nunes at this point. But that's scratched. You got Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gaon. Co-main event is now Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. Don't miss that shit. That is a fucking banger right there. That is a motherfucking banger, homie. Uh, Derek Lewis, Cyril Gaon. Um, Derek Lewis is like, he's like the, the most consistent, like, underdog to, like, bet on, like, that comes through, like, I don't know how to put it, like, he, he's, he's an underdog in almost every single fight, but he's, it's like a 50-50 fight no matter what, it's kind of weird, he should be the dog in this fight, but he, he can hit you at any time with one shot, and it's over, and actually, you know, what gets him into trouble is actually like what it makes him really good is his pace. He's learned out, he's, he's figured out how to, he works at a very low output, very low pace, but he knows that how to get to the end of a five round. He can make it to the end of a five round fight. He can make it to the end of a third round fight. And what he does is he explodes out of these, you know, um, these stretches of like inactivity he'll explode with like 10 second flurries here and there where he's just throwing fucking haymakers left and right and you got to survive like five or six of those throughout the fight and it's hard to survive those you know you saw with the Volkov fight a couple years ago uh Volkov was running away with that fight I mean he was he was unanimous won all three rounds there was like one minute left and a flawless victory basically and he fucking gets hit with one right hand in the last like 15 seconds and it's over it's over uh, he was getting pieced up by uh, by uh, Curtis Blades in his last fight. Second round comes. He had a game plan. He knew he knew at that point that Blades was looking to change levels, looking to, to 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 grab his legs, and he did it lazily, just bent over at the waist instead of actually changing levels. And Derek uh, Derek Lewis hit him with a a, a fucking haruken or shuriken, whatever the uppercut is, and, and put him out, put him out fucking dead, just like that. After getting pieced up in the first round, just ended his life in the fucking... He's up there with fucking Bezos. Curtis Blades is up there fucking orbiting with Bezos. Jeff Bezos-ass fucking satellite shit up there right now. So does Derek Lewis have a shot? For sure. Well, he's at a huge disadvantage. Athletic-wise, cardio-wise, technically-wise, technique-wise. Cyril Gaon is just... He's a smart fighter. The thing about Cyril Gaon is he doesn't give a fuck. He ain't going to play into what, you know, he's going to take the pass of least resistance. He can clinch with you, push you up against the cage, drag you to the fucking ground. He's going to do that. If he's going to stay on the outside like he did against Rosenstrike and just pick you apart with a jab and every once in a while and not really commit to a whole bunch but, you know, make it a convincing win, he's going to do that. And I think that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to mix those two game plans. He's going to stay on the outside. He's going to keep uh, Derek Lewis hitting with that pumping, pumping that jab. Pumping those up the middle, you know, snap kicks and, and teep kicks. He throws he throws snap and teep kicks. They're different. Um, 
snap kick is like a soccer kick, like a punt kind of motion, and a teep is more of a stabbing motion. Foot travels parallel instead of up uh, from the knee. Uh, he uses those. I mean, he's he's got he's got the wrestling game. He, he if he wants to bust it out, uh, he's got some submission wins on his. He, he's just an overall. He's he's gonna win. He's gonna dominate the later rounds. So for Lewis, he's got his, in his mind. He's got to take that mindset of this is a two round fight. He's got to make it a two round fight in his mind. He's got to try to get it done with inside two minutes. After two, I mean two rounds. After two rounds, let the chips fall where they may. If if you're de- dog tired and you just get finished, then it is what it is. But the, either way, he's not going to be the fresher fighter in the fourth and the fifth, late third even. Uh, Cyril Gaon is just, he's a different breed. He's not a high output fighter either, but he can pick you apart from the outside and touch you all night. Derek Lewis is going to be behind the eight ball on this. I got Cyril Gaon winning this. I think it's going to be like a late submission. I think Derek Lewis is eventually going to get tired late, and I think um, Cyril Gaon going to clinch him up, trip him to the mat, and get him in an arm triangle arm triangle round four Cyril gone I'm on a five fight main event winning streak I've won 14 of the last 15 main events I've got right get off these motherfucking nuts Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz Pedro Munoz is an underrated motherfucker nine and five in the UFC uh but only lost to killers just recently uh, avenged one of those losses to Jimmy Rivera. That was his last fight. That was, he, he just destroyed Jimmy Rivera's calf in that, or, oh, uh, in that first round. I mean, it was bad. Like, you got, like, second-hand, second-hand compression syndrome seeing uh, Jimmy Rivera get his leg kicked. He had that fucking Quato from uh, Total Recall growing out his motherfucking leg. Looked like the, the fucking Hindenburg after it crashed growing out the side of his fucking leg. It, it was nasty. He couldn't walk. He was hobbled for, for the rest of the fight after the first round. It was like after two, two calf kicks. Pedro Munoz, this, this is a battle uh, of, of like Civil War uh, surgeons right here. You know, leg amputators right here. I mean, Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz, two of the best leg kickers in the game. Going to be walking around like, like two like twin Jimmy Vollmers at the end of this bit. In the middle of this bitch. Um... Pedro Munoz got, got, you know, he's a firefighter. He's going to stand in the pocket, 50-50 exchanges, head down, looking at the floor, just winging hooks. Highway through the danger zone, ass motherfucker right here. That's Pedro Munoz. This motherfucker's an adrenaline junkie, living on the edge. He don't give a fuck. He's going to stand in the pocket. He's going to bang. Jose Aldo, look, he, 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 he dominated Marlon Varen in his last fight. His hand speed was there. He was attacking the body. Those first two rounds, he was just quicker and Marlon Vera had a hard time dealing with the speed. The hand speed is still there. The leg kicks were there in the beginning, but he inexplicably stops throwing them. I don't know what goes on with his leg kicks. He either doesn't throw them at all, or he throws them early and then forgets about them late. The last round, uh, he took Marlon Vera's back in like the opening like 10 seconds of the round and literally held, held uh, Marlon Vera's back for almost the entire five minutes. So it was a, a unanimous, easy unanimous decision for him. Um... So who knows, but he hadn't won a fight in like four fights. What, what he, he was on a two-fight losing streak? Let's see. And Pedro Munoz, the only people he's lost to is Aljamain Sterling recently, and that was a very close fight. That was in 2019. And then he lost to Frankie Edgar, but he actually won that fight. He got robbed. That was a main event last year at this time. Uh, Aldo was, I think he's won. Yeah, he lost three in a row. He lost three in a row before he beat Marlon Vera. So he's lost three of his last four. But he lost to Alexander Volkanovsky. I don't even remember that fight. He lost to Marlon Moraes. 
which he actually won that fight. He actually won that fight. He got robbed on that one. Then he lost to Peter Yan. And in that Peter Yan fight, he looked good early. He looked good up until that, uh, going into the third round of that fight. That was a title fight. That was after Henry Cejudo vacated the belt. It was like, holy shit, Jose Aldo's about to win the fucking belt again. And then that third round happened, and it was just like, halfway through that third round, it was uh, he just gassed. He hit the fucking wall, and Peter Yan just started taking over and just punished him. I think he finished him in uh, late in the fight. Yeah, fifth round. Finished him in the fifth round. And he came back. So even though he's lost fights, he's looked good in all of them. He's looked really good in all of them. So, I mean, he's still there. Now he's at 100, and what are these guys, 125? 135, so he's at Bantamweight, dropped from 145 to 135. I think this is his second, this will be his third fight at 135. So, Pedro Munoz is a motherfucker. This is a toss-up. I'll take Pedro Munoz via decision only because he's a slight underdog. I'll take the slight dog on here as an underdog. Tons of value on, on, on Pedro Munoz for sure, especially if he can land kicks. You know, it's always when, when these leg kickers get their leg kicks, you always notice that like the Barbosas of the world, the Aldos, the Munozes, they don't defend leg kicks very well. The, the Gaethje's of the world, these prolific leg kickers don't defend them very well themselves. So it's going, you know, going back and forth, kicking each other's legs. I'm all about that shit. I want to see motherfuckers on crutches at the end of this. Give me Pedro Munoz via decision. Michael Chiesa versus Vicente Luque. Fucking, uh, this could go one of them. This could be a banger. This could be a boring ass. If Michael Chiesa wins, it was a boring ass fight. If, if Vicente Luque wins, it was a banger. Uh, Michael Chiesa, if he gets a hold of you, Clinches you up, you in trouble. You're in trouble. He's gonna push you up against the cage. Um, he's gonna drag you to the ground. If he gets you, if he gets on top, it's very hard to get him off you. He's not like a. He's a position over submission grappler. A lot of heavy pressure. Doesn't really make any crazy moves. Just kind of lets you work yourself into trouble. Um, he's just perfectly fine with just holding holding you down and controlling top time, uh, top control time. Uh, not a whole lot of ground and pound. He's just a grinder. He's just a, he's a grinder. He won the Ultimate Fighter in his season. Uh, I think he beat Ally Quinta in the finals. Um, same, same fucking rinse and repeat, take you down, hold you down kind of thing. He uh, fought Neil Magny in that main event at the beginning of the year, right before uh, the week before was uh, Poirier versus uh, McGregor too. So fairly recently, uh, he just you know that was the dumbest game plan I ever seen. Neil Magny, uh, every, one of the more frustrating uh, performances I ever seen. Neil Magny just kept trying to grapple with Michael Chiesa, who was dominating the grappling all night. And then still, Neil Magny kept insisting on grappling with him and getting his ass fucking ate. Uh, so, you know, Vicente Luque is no, no slouch on his back. Seven career uh, submission victories. Um, pretty solid takedown defense. Um, if, much better in the striking. Michael Chiesa stiff, head up, straight in the air. Basic one twos, uh, only moves in one direction, broken joystick type shit. Uh, Vicente Luque's got the the power bombs in both hands, uh, Mega Man fucking cannons in both hands. Uh, if he can stay on his feet, stay off the cage, make this you know keep this fight in the center of the octagon and and force some exchanges on the feet, I think he gets. I think he can get Michael Chiesa. Um, he fought Woodley last. Woodley, hey Woodley, I went back and watched that fight. He came out and he went for it. Which was a knock against him. And he actually changed his style. And he said, fuck it, I'm going out the gate. He just went behind some massive right hands. Pushed him up against the cage. He had Luque hurt for like a second there. He, he, he blasted Luque with the right hand. And Luque was, was wobbled. 
Woodley went in for the kill, and then he got caught with a left hook, and then it was all over from that point. Vicente ended up catching him. He was dropping bombs on, on Woodley, ended up getting him on the ground and catching him in a, in a Darce choke or Anaconda, one of the two. Um, but Vicente Luque's like fucking... What, what is this dude? He's got a crazy record in the UFC. Um, I just wrote this shit down. Let me see. He's 20-7 and seven overall, but as, as a... a uh, let's see. Vicente Luque. He's 13 and 3. He's 13 and 3, and he's won 9 of his last 10. His only loss was the Wonder Boy Thompson in his last 10 fights. Think about that shit. That's underrated as fuck. This is a toss up. Uh, if Michael Chiesa gets it, this, this is like a classic style matchup right here. Each fighter is going to have a hard time playing in the other person's uh, uh, wheelhouse and where they want to take the fight. Um, in their area of expertise. They can't compete in the other fighter's area of expertise. Um, I would get... I, common sense, honestly, my head's telling me Michael Chiesa is going to just grind him out, hold him against the cage, put him on the ground once in a while, edge out a victory just you know on top control. But I just want to think that Luke, he's tough to get down. I don't, you know, this is a different type of clinch fighter, though. But I think if he can, you know, late in the fight, if he can just, if he can get, if he can keep on his feet enough, I think he can expose Michael Chiesa's striking. His striking is, is not good at all. Um, I'm trying to look, let's see if he has any. Woodley could have taken him down. He didn't have any success. He was tough against the cage. Uh, uh, TKO round three. TKO round three, Vicente Luque. There it is. Fuck it. It's on wax. Um, Tisha Torres, Angela Hill. That's a rematch from uh, several years ago. Give me Tisha Torres. Casey, Casey, they killed Kenny versus your dong song. Don't miss this motherfucker. This shit is a banger. Uh, Casey Kenny's a little uh, crow cop ass motherfucker who throw that left leg like to your head, to your body indiscriminately. Um, will bust your motherfucking ass with his left leg. Um, fought Dominic Cruz last. I went back and watched that fight. Uh, very, very good fight. He was very competitive with Dom, won the second round, but clearly lost rounds one and three. Um, close fight. He just, he had a hard time catching Dom. He was, Dom was making a miss a lot in the, in the first and the third round in particular. Um, and, and Casey was chasing him too much and just wasn't making enough contact enough. Um, you know, Dom doesn't really have a whole lot of power or, or you know, some of the shots that Dom hit him with would have knocked any, you know, people out if he had any kind of power. Because he hit Casey with some big right hands and left hands from his awkward movements. Uh, Yadong Song's a killer. This dude's a, a team alpha male dude. Uh, lost a fight to, uh, his last fight to Kyler Phillips, who we just saw fight uh, Pava, Paiva just a couple weeks ago. Uh, Kyler Phillips is an absolute monster. I thought Kyler got robbed, fucking robbed in that goddamn fight. It was a 10-8 first round, and he won the second round. So he's up three rounds going into the third round and somehow loses the fight. Uh, no idea how that happened, but uh, Yudong Song, go watch Kyler Phillips versus Yudong Song. Very good fight. Um, so he's, uh, Yudong Song is... One, two, three, four, five, five, one, and one in the UFC. So seven fights in the UFC, five, one, and one. Big like wrestler striking, but like like a next level wrestler striking. Two right hand dominant, relies on his right hand a little too much, leads with the uppercut too much. You don't ever want to lead with the uppercut. Your whole left side of your, your whole right side of your face is 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 on on blast right there, and especially against the opposite stance southpaw, like Casey Kinney. 
that overhand left is going to be there all day if he's going to be throwing that, uh, if Yadong Song is going to be throwing that, that lead uppercut. If you're going to throw uppercuts, they're very effective punches because they're hard to see coming. They're hard to defend. But you got to hide them because if you lead with them, you're, you're so vulnerable. I mean, you're leaving your whole side of your body open, like your whole side of your head open. You don't want to, you want to one, two, then come with the uppercut, double jab, then come with the uppercut, hard jab, come with the uppercut. You want to put something in front of it. Um, so look out for that that particularly because that favors Kenny. That that that's something that can you know lead to a, a fight ending uh, sequence right there. But this is gonna be a nip tuck fight. Your Dong Song's got power for days. He he he's got short little hooks. He can wrestle. He's tough everywhere, man. He, he's he's a real tough fight. Casey Kenny's a real tough fight. This is he's real even fight right here. Um, give me Casey Kenny decision. Casey Kenny decision. Rafael Fazeev versus Bobby Green. If you don't know who the fuck Rafael Fazeev is, this I don't know what to fucking tell you. I don't know what to fucking tell you. I don't know why you listen to this shit. You ain't gonna watch the goddamn fights anymore if you don't know who Rafael Fazeev is. This motherfucker is a goddamn natural-born killer. Kicks are fucking nasty. Crow Cop again with both legs. Crow Cop said, right leg hospital, left leg morgue. Oh, right leg hospital, left leg cemetery. This motherfucker's got two cemeteries. This motherfucker's got ashes on a beach in both motherfucking legs. Uh, he th- he's an he's a orthodox fighter. The left leg he throws without a switch. No switch step. It's just nasty. His right round kick will just fucking obliterate you. He's the, he's, the Amer- he's the Phuket top team head striking coach. Thailand. Phuket, Thailand. The top team Thailand Striking coach. That's all you need to know about this dude. He's the one that's teaching all those fucking killers in Thailand Muay Thai. This dude's got short, powerful hands, short, quick hooks. He just beat uh, Moicano, Rafael uh, uh, Hanato Moicano. Knocked him out with a vicious fucking combination. I think he went like left hand to the body. I think he went like liver shot, right hand, liver shot, cross, left hook. And the left hook was just nighty night. Just dead it. Moicano and Moicano just got a big win came back and returned with a big win so Rafael's Fazeev is like the future if this, I don't know much about his ground game so far it's held up but he hasn't really faced anybody's gonna try to get him down to the ground Bobby King Green is a motherfucker this dude uh, other than you know getting robbed against uh, Moises this dude uh, Tiago Moises who just fought uh, Makashev he got robbed in that fight uh, Bobby Bobby Green won that fight um, that was his last fight he was on a three fight winning streak before then he should be on a four fight winning streak um, Lando Venata beat Lando Venata beat Clay Guida beat Alan Patrick uh, yeah I mean he's an awkward uh, dual stance fighter he can switch in between them uh, underrated portion of, of Bobby Green's game overlooked portion of Bobby Green, Green's game clinch takedowns he's got good wrestling he's, people sleep on his wrestling man uh, he, if he can get this fight, if he can clinch up, if he can get in close on Fazeev, push him up against the cage, he's got to grind him. He's got to stay in close to Fazeev. You don't want to be out, stuck out in no man's land, kicking range against this motherfucker. Grind his ass out, take him to the, trip him, get it on the ground, get on top of him. Bobby Green will dominate the wrestling portion of this. I, I, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know much about Fazeev's wrestling. I haven't seen him on his back. I, I, from what I've seen, he's defended takedowns well, but... You know, Bobby Green has that kind of stand-up where he can stand with you. He doesn't have to telegraph it. He doesn't have to uh, uh, get desperate for for the takedowns. He's going to be at a, at a speed disadvantage. He's going to be at a technical disadvantage here. But he's awkward, and he can hit angles. He can cro- create some problems for, for uh, Rafael Vazir. This and the Pedro Munoz um, 
Aldo fight. These are the fight. And, and the Casey Kenny. Those three fights alone. Casey Kenny, Yadong Song. That, don't miss those fights. That, that's the whole card right there. Fuck all the dumb shit. That's the fucking card there. These, these fights are fucking bangers. Uh, but I'm going Rafael Fazeev. Bobby Green in, in 38 career fights has only been finished one time. That was in 2016 against Dustin Poirier, the junior GOAT. Uh, greatest lightweight of all time not named Khabib. Uh, that's the only person who's ever finished uh, Green. He's fought everybody. Uh, Trinaldo, that was a loss. Uh, Dracar Close is a tough fight. Uh, Edson Barbosa, he fought. Dustin Poirier, he fought. Uh, Magomedov, uh, Rashid Magomedov. I've never even seen that guy fight. Uh, but, you know, he's fought tough dudes his whole career. This is going to be a good fight. This will be a good test for Fazeev. If Bobby Green can find a way to pull this off, that, it would be, that would be fucking huge. That would set him up for, for a big fight. Uh, that's, that's how highly touted this dude, Rafael Fazeev, is. Trust me on that. Give me Fazeev decision. Draco Rodriguez versus Vince Morales. Ugh. Now we're getting into some tough fucking toss-up fights. Give me Draco Rodriguez. You know, he's got good grappling. Okay hands, just swings for defenses. Vince Morales, you know, he's, he's, he's whatever. He's a, he's a middle-tier, middle you know... Sometimes he just get give me Vince Morales' decision. Ed Herman versus Alonzo Menafield. If Menafield can't win this fight, I think he's done. Give me Alonzo Menafield, even though I love, love Ed Herman. This motherfucker's OG of the OGs from the back in the day, Ultimate Fighters. Still winning fights. Yeah, his last fight was, remember, he got kneed in the balls, and, like, he didn't get kneed in the balls, but he acted like he did. And then right when he was about to get knocked out, so they gave him five minutes to recover, and then he got, and then after a fake nut shot, <laughs> and he came back and choked homie out. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, Carolina Kovalkiewicz versus Jessica Penne. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jessica Penne. Manel Kopp versus Ode Osborne. Manel Kopp is... This dude came from Ryzen. This dude was heavily touted. He was a Ryzen champ. Uh, been a disappointment in his first couple fights in the UFC. I actually thought he got robbed in his last fight against... Uh, was it Pantoja? I think he fought in his last fight. So he, he got thrown to the Wolves. Uh, in his first couple fights. Give me Monel Cape. Cop. Give me Monel Cop. Uh, Miles Johns versus Anderson Dos Santos. Toss up. Give me Miles Johns. Uh, Victoria Leonardo versus Melissa Gatto. Give me Gatto. Uh, Johnny Munoz Jr. versus Jamie Simmons. Give me Johnny Munoz Jr. It's like this and like that. And uh, there you go. So there, there you have it. All the fights on wax. On wiggity wax. Did it again. Been on a roll with the picks. Been on a roll. Last week I was actually six and five, uh, but I, you know I'm standing at five hundred. Haven't been below five hundred in a long time. I'm either five hundred above five hundred or way the fuck above above five hundred. So overall, eating ass, eating ass, and kicking it, kicking ass, then eating it, homies. Uh, ass nap, taking it out first before we get up in that ass. We we removing the ass nap before we get in it. Um. Uh, on a roll, 14 of the last 15 main events, killing them. The only one I missed was Ige versus Korean Zombie in the last 15. That's the only one I missed. Yes, I picked Dillashaw, motherfuckers. Hey, Sanhagen versus Dillashaw, let's talk about that shit real quick. I forgot about that. I had Sanhagen winning the fight. I ain't gonna lie to you, homies. I had him winning. Uh, he definitely won rounds four and five, especially five, especially four. I thought Dillashaw came out, looked good, won the first round. Lost the second round clearly, and the third round was a clear. I thought he he won the third round, but after that he lost four and five. Dillashaw, I thought it was clear. I thought it was a clear three two. It was close. Listen, if 
I can, for me and for most people, you can't value holding somebody up against a cage. You can't value that, you know, more than creating damage. I mean, go back and watch this fight. Sanhagen is, is, is picking, picking Dillashaw apart. Dillashaw, his footwork was off. He looked a little rusty, but he actually looked really good to come in and fight that caliber of fighter after a two-year layoff. He did, he did great. I mean, it was a close fight. It was a close fight. It wasn't, it wasn't a complete robbery, but it's like around that robbery, you know, you know, level. But I can't imagine valuing those times where, and this is where Sanhagen only has himself to blame. He's got to have a lot more urgency getting off the cage. He's got to, he's got to frame, create space. He's got to get underhooks, turn them into the cage, and 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 break with some sense of urgency and take the center of the cage. But I think what was undervalued in that was Sanhagen's uh, counter striking, moving backwards. I mean, he was he was landing big shots. He was fading back, fading back, letting. Uh, Letting um, Dillashaw pursue him, and and Dillashaw was running into big shots, big right hands as as, as he as uh, Sanhagen was just sliding back. Real technical shit that that Sanhagen was landing. He clearly did way more damage throughout that fight. Um, if it was like old school Pride days where they just judged the fight as a fight as a whole, easily Sanhagen wins that fight. Um. But, I mean, it's not really a loss for either fighter. I mean, it, however that decision went. It does mean that probably Dillashaw gets the next title shot after Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan rematch. And it should be, you know, uh, Sanhagen. But Sanhagen gets another win. He's right back in there. But, you know, I mean, I think the fight to make for Sanhagen is, is, is uh, I'm pretty sure, there's, I'm pretty sure uh, Rob Font is 135. I'm pretty sure he's 135. Uh, Rob Font. Versus fucking Corey Sanhagen. Sign me the fuck up for that shit. Um, but tough loss for Corey Sanhagen. I thought he won that fight. I mean, he was doing some real slick shit in there. What I I actually picked Dillashaw. Um, Dillashaw was literally all night just walking into punches. I mean, he like he he stanch switches a lot, but he was. There were times where he was getting his head off the center line and was looking slick and making Corey miss. But there are other times where he was stanch switching just straight up the middle and getting just picked apart. I mean, he was literally just walking in the strikes all night long. Um, he didn't seem to have any power on his punches. He landed some clean shots throughout the night. He just wasn't as slick as he normally was. And, hey, he was off for two years. He still looked good. I mean, he, uh, he looked better. I picked him to win, so I, I can't say that I expected him to look worse than that. But, you know, I thought, you know, look, you know, first round went as good as it could for him. Um, but, hey, I got the fucking pick right. I picked Dillashaw, so technically uh, fucking, I fucking I got that shit right. But... Corey Sanhagen won that fight. Give me Font versus Sanhagen. Um, listen, Dillashaw versus Peter Yan, because we already know how that fucking rematch with Sterling's going to go. Peter Yan versus Dillashaw, that's a great fight. And then you bring in, you know, Font, winner of Font versus Sanhagen. Uh, yeah, I would suck if it's one of those situations where Sanhagen gets ripped off on a chance to fight for the title and then never gets to fight for the title again. Also, like, Tony Ferguson shit or, 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 you know, Michael Bisbing for several years before he finally got a shot on short notice as a replacement fight, you know. But sick fight, fucking sick fight. Uh, that was a great that was a great main event last weekend. Um, oh, no, that was Sean Strickland last weekend. We didn't even talk about that. I have, I've been gone for a minute. I've been gone for a minute. Uh, I picked Sean Strickland last week. I didn't think there was any way. I, a lot of people were picking um, Uriah Hall. I, 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 I was... I was wondering if I was missing something. There's two fighters you never bet on. OSP, Ovin St. Peru, and Uriah Hall. You never know which one's going to show up. You never know which one's going to show up. 
And the one I thought was going to show up, the passive, kind of, you know, hesitant Uriah Hall, he showed up just like I thought he would. And, and Sean Strickland, he's not an elite guy. He's not going to really challenge for the title, but he, he'll, he'll make really good fights for the top five guys, for the top ten guys. You put him in the middle of that top ten, you can make all sorts of dope fights with him. He'll win some, he'll lose some. Um, all arm striking, but he's got real slick... Real, he has like this modified like Philly shell that he uses, where he uses his lead shoulder to deflect a lot of strikes. He'll he'll like frame with his lead hand, uh, hold it out in like a frame position and, and deflect strikes. And then he's just he's just nothing but action. 186 significant significant strikes landed, new middleweight uh, record last weekend. It's just all activity all the fucking time. Talk shit to you the whole time. Uh, he, he he's a tough out for anybody. Uh, I thought he would outwork Uriah Hall, and that's exactly what he did. I mean, he could have finished Uriah Hall at least a solid three times and decided to change levels and try to get uh, takedowns after he had Uriah hurt. I don't know what the fuck he was doing there. But other than that, it was a flawless victory. He pitched a shutout. I mean, you could have it, you know, six rounds to none in a five-round fight. You could have given one of those rounds a 10-8 because he had, you know, Uriah hurt multiple times. I had it five to none. I had it, I had a, I had a complete shutout. Um, so, Sean Strickland, I don't know what you... Listen... Uriah Hall, man, this dude, when he would throw his jab, that thing was nasty. It was nasty. He just would not keep throwing it. Every time he threw it, he would land it, and it would pop Sean Strickland's head back and would look like a, a fucking land like a cross. He's got a nasty fucking jab that he could work off. He just doesn't work off it enough. He just doesn't use it enough. So uh, who knows what's going on with Uriah Hall? I mean, who knows what he would have looked like against Chris Weidman if Chris Weidman didn't wrap his fucking shin around, uh, around his shin like, like fucking Tiger Woods wrapping his fucking his fucking SUV around a tree and shit, doing the the the, the laffy taffy dance, his leg doing the laffy taffy dance. If that didn't happen, who knows if Uriah Hall would have won that fight? I picked him to win that fight, but after seeing this fight, I don't know. Anywho, that's what's up. UFC 265 on the docket. Shit, I thought I had a lot more to talk about, but we're already at an hour. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Listen. I'm going to be back, homies. I'm going to be back when, where, how, I, I don't know. But I, I'll get on here. Like I told you, I'm not going anywhere. Um, old lady took the kids, uh, quadruple and the triple champ out to the, to, the, to the in-laws, to her family. So I hopped right on the mic. Anytime I get the shot, I'm going to hop right on the fucking mic and hit y'all with some dope shit. Uh, but we ain't going, no any, ain't going nowhere. We got the, we got, we still rocking with the Whiskey Sick mascot. Moody, Moody Hank over here, chilling, illing with your boy Seth Gecko, Moody Hank. This is 139th episode. We hitting 140 next, next week or the week after. Whenever you see me, when you see me, you see me, homies. Get off my motherfucking nuts. I'll be back. I'll place these gently, gently above, uh, upon your, your 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 pate and brush you. I'll brush the fuck out. I'll, I'll, I'll Bob Ross brush you with these motherfucking nuts when I can, as soon as I can, homies. Just believe in me. Until then, this is the Whiskey Sick Podcast, episode number 139. All up in your ass. And I'm out, motherfuckers. Staring at the clock for the goddamn minutes, I last checked, is he back yet? Homies on lunches, tactic, it's a dip, start doing backflips. For that bad bitch down on admin, now I'm mad.
Andy can smash it. Them fuck sucks sitting next to Catherine, she's babbling about damn kids. Shut the fuck up, they got enough up, never get much love. Things gonna change when I hit them with an HR complaint. They all remain quiet in the hallway when I pass by. What up, homie? That's right, stuffing clothes last night. Fuck you in my past life. life. Must have been Sheen's rubber. Look at these all three motherfuckers, mean muggers. Clock got cleaned under blink. Wonder how long can a fucking background take? Sit the ass down, explain to me how you been late 26 damn times in a month. That's rough, ass fucks, give none left. One, did you up? Let's go. Forklift spinning, top down stunting on smoke tea. Nothing done the whole week. Lunch muffin OG cush, slowly push. My luck like it's raised white buck. Gotta take my seam, still in boxes on my day. Y'all say I'm laid off when the state calls. Stay getting paid, y'all pray that my face stalls out. Heavy on the clutch, not enough gas. Gotta run fast, got to one last shot for the clip runs out. Got the window down in the bin, low down. Flip a bitch, go round. There it is, slow down. Cock a click, goes flat. Heads in the clouds, I come back down. Shoe shine, kick the bitch gear, tap the cruise. I'm in the news tide, so I zoom by toast, and you'll soon find out like I'm doing right now. Living in the past, heard a knock one day, chilling at the pad about a block away. I hop in the skip, only walk one way. Down the boulevard, looking hard, talk shit, fades, giving day, wishing never stayed, pitching them rocks and shots at clay, pitching trace, missing every day, inches to gray, shit is way different. When you're from the streets of memory lane, get it back on your feet, cause you better get a name or you'll be back, best believe that. Just bleed track, trying to feed back. Got trees past hell's cheap ash. That bowl out, then we roll out, hit the roads out, heads in the clouds that we blow out. Never top 10 On the last lap Like my odds thin Down the home stretch Closing in I'm gonna catch up When the going gets rough I'm gonna give up I know if I with you I come back down If I with you I take a bow Give up